first of all, you can't really talk about the early second wave of the women's movement without talking about lesbian This is a WLRN extended interview. I've got Issy Dickinson on the line from Get the L Out and Resisters, Get the L Out UK. And she was at the Lesbian Strength March on September 7th. In fact, Izzy, you were an organizer for the Lesbian Strength March. And we'll be talking about the barriers that organizers encountered leading up to the march later on. But for right now, could you just tell us what it was like to be on the ground on that day, September 7th, in Leeds at the first Lesbian Strength March? Hi, Thistle. It was awesome. It had taken months and months and months of preparation to get to that point where we had women on the streets, lesbians on the streets, for our lesbian strength march. Uh, it all came together. Our months of planning came together. People, women looked happy. It was lovely. It was les- lesbians being lesbians together and having a lovely time. Could you... Give us a couple highlights of the march. How long did it last? And tell us a little bit more about the mood. Uh, the mood was mixed. We were, ha- we were happy to be marching. We were happy to, to the solidarity of all the women that turned up. But we, were, we did have counter-protests against us, which were, uh, they marched to behind us with banners such as, we stand by our lesbian sisters and lesbians with trans lesbians. Right. I saw that, but in the pictures, it seemed like the two marches were pretty separate. Yes. And that, were there police in between the two sets of uh, marchers? Yeah, there was a lot of police between us. Prior to our groups going there, there was also a Tommy Robinson fascist rally. So we have uh, fascists hanging around, um, which really worried us before the march um, because we didn't want any trouble or any of the women intimidating or feeling unsafe. Um, But did the women feel unsafe? Did the lesbians feel unsafe? Because from the pictures, Izzy, from the pictures, it looks like a Mishfest happened on the street, you know, and by Mishfest, I mean the Michigan Women's Music Festival, which only gathered in deep in the woods for 40 years, hidden away because, um, you know, lesbians are persecuted. Let's be frank and honest about what our situation is in society. And it has been that way for a very long time prior to trans activism, but trans activism has taken it to a new level. And so from the pictures, I'm, I'm thinking that that's, I'm home. This is, this feels like home and it's in the middle of the street. Yeah. How did you manage to create that in the middle of, of, you know, in public view? Well, prior to the march, we had months and months of meetings talking about security and safety, talking about different communication, where we'd get our money from, the advertising. Um, We started looking at all that, and it took 
about 10 women, there were 10 organisers of us all up and down the country, and we were conference calling each other on a certain t- at a certain time in the week. So this was going on and on and on. And again, again we had a broad breadth of women who were organising it. That's why lots of a- avenues were opened and some were closed. But the police, we also had a, a liaison officer with us who was liaising with us on the day and who had been spoken to in person about the risks that we were, we were expecting, especially after the threats from Leeds Pride. And so that, that police officer liaison was sympathetic. And was it a man or a woman? It was a man. Okay. And he had studied the situation a little bit. They had briefed him. The whole police department say, like, would they maybe have seen the video that came out of Lancaster, for yes. example, which the, if for our listeners, if you haven't watched the video that came out of Lancaster, you really should. That was the Lancaster Pride uh, March, and Izzy was present at that as well. And they were overwhelmed. The lesbian presence was overwhelmed by the trans activist presence. And it was, I, I, from what I could see at the end of the video, it was very demoralizing. And, you know, that these women were at risk. Well, we had to step down. We had to step down. We had to get down and away for our own health and safety. It was, it was really dangerous. I, I'm still, I'm still having troubled thoughts about that. It really affected me. And did the police officer see film coverage like that before? coming out to your event yes they'd been they'd been aware that also that they'd been aware of the threats that had maybe made at the at the leeds pride which was that they were going to protest our uh march the tras made that um perfectly uh clear and i heard that 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 happened at Leeds. so they would been threatened or already by the tras right now, there was the city of Leeds or the council or some government body uh, that about a month before the march happened, they condemned the march. Can you talk about that? Yeah, we put an advert in the paper for the Lesbian Strength March, the Leeds local paper, um, and basically it was pulled, it was taken out because it wasn't, it, it wasn't exclusive it was it was exclusive. It wasn't inclusive of particularly trans identified males, trans women. Right, and so that was a local newspaper that because they wrote a statement, right? Mm. Didn't they? Did they write a statement saying we condemn the march? We don't agree with it. Yes, definitely. It's they saying, didn't just pull the ad. They also made a statement. Yes. Okay, and so when that statement, that public statement was made by the local Leeds newspaper, were there any government officials that that made statements at all? No. Did you have a permit for this march? Yes, we asked that we we got a permit through the police. Everything we did, everything by the book. We 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 treated the police as our allies. Um, that we were there for a peaceful right march. On. We weren't protesting. We, we we were actually, it wasn't a protest like the others I've been to. This was a, a march and a rally. So we weren't the agent provocateurs, really. We weren't the, the enemy because we weren't the protesters on this occasion. Right. You were doing a demonstration of les- lesbian resilience, lesbian strength. 
I think that's really, I mean, how did you choose the name Lesbian Strength? Uh, that was uh, two or three of the other organisers in the group thought that, we, and then came forward with it, and we thought it was lovely, because it it, it's a strength, it, it's, it's a strong image. It's not an insipid image. Uh, lesbian Strength is about strength and strong women. Right. And it takes a lot of strength to be public and out on the streets for lesbianism and lesbians, you know, being free and who, who we are. Um, yeah. it, that takes a lot of strength. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a reason why lesbians hide away in the woods in America. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where I find lesbians most um you know, in their, uh, com- what is that called? You know, the culture, the village, the village where, where it's a whole group of women creating another society. And um, that's what I saw in the photos, Izzy, of your yeah. lesbian strength march. And that's rippling out. I think women are seeing, I hope, I hope it's rippling out. Now, America is a little bit different maybe with our relationship with with the police, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go down in America. But you, um, you talked before we turned on the recorder. You said you had thought about my question about the barriers that you faced. I'd love to hear about the barriers that the organizing committee faced l- leading up to the Lesbian Strength March, um, because we want to learn how to do this, despite whatever our <laughs> American restraints are, I mean, I often hear, well, you can't organize in America because you all are all so spread out across this huge uh, geographic region, whereas in the UK, people are closer together. Well, I don't know. I feel like those are excuses. And we can learn from one another and build solidarity. This is an international movement. And whatever your circumstances, we can work together to overcome those barriers. So having said that, I want to hear about the barriers that you faced and just about the months of organizing leading up to the march. Okay, right. We faced a number of barriers. Firstly, was a security and safety barrier, because paramount to, to that must have been paramount to the women and speakers that they felt safe and were secure. Um, we spoke to the police liaison officer, who was a person to communicate with our, with our concerns over protests before that had happened. Many women and speakers were met from the local train station and escorted to a secret meeting place prior to the march. The communication barriers we fa- faced were that we had a lot of organisers over the country who wanted to talk at the same time, but we couldn't really be in the same time and the same space together. So what we employed was uh, conference calling, where we'd use conference calling uh, and secret meetings, and we had a secret WhatsApp group. Uh, Money. We needed money to do this. Uh, So we decided to go fund me, yeah, and raised enough to cover our costs and pay expenses. So go fund me proved really good. We got some really lovely donations into, into that. As already spoken to you about, advertising was a problem because our strength march was considered exclusive because we would not include trans-identified males. So they pulled the advert. Um, So therefore, we used social media to our advantage and by advertising on feminist networks. 
word spread fast. And so we knew that 150 lesbians marched on that day. The last one I came across was fear, a barrier of fear. For me, fear was a biggie because having marched and protested the prides. Uh, we wanted it to go well without anyone getting hurt or intimidated by the trans rights activists. They had already threatened to protest the march when I protested Leeds Pride a couple of months previously. Prior to the march, we had given cards out to the women in case of arrest. Organisers had contacted a local firm of solicitors prior to the march and the rally, and they agreed to be on standby to re represent lesbians if, they need, if the need arose, which it didn't. We also had specific people photographing and videoing the events, as well as legal observers to document any problems. Okay, that's a few of the barriers that we faced in the UK. Mm-hmm. What was your favourite moment of the march on September 7th itself? My favourite moment was marching down Leeds city centre roads with all my lesbian sisters, with me on my megaphone, shouting out, lesbians haven't got penises, and lesbian not queer, and in the sunshine, in Leeds, smiling and people cheering us on. That's, oh. that's, my, that's my special moment of that day. Lovely. And of course, this was uh, only a week before Magdalene passed on on the full moon on Friday yeah. the 13th. And that, of course, is her slogan, lesbians don't have penises. And so it's like everything sort of just came together and in the sunshine. It's just such a beautiful image, Izzy. Thank yeah. you for, for doing that. And then I, I also want to go back to the dark side here for a second and Think about um, on that same day, September 7th, have you gotten any reports from trans activists and what it was like for them and what they are saying and how, you know, are they doing mean things on social media after the march or did they have run-ins with the police or... No, they basically, they were, we estimate that it was about 30 to 40 of them, a lot of young girls, we, we were, we've been inundated by young girls, shut down by young girls who were marching and they just seemed to peter off very quickly. The police were brilliant, they did not let the two marchers go together, they didn't let anyone um, see each other's, the whites of their eyes like I did in Lancaster and Leeds. They okay, but so if it was primarily girls, you said, young women, um, the 30 of them, were there any, because when I watched the film from Lancaster, I definitely saw men who identify as trans in the crowd so were there any males identifying as trans with these 30 i saw women? i saw one of them because he also made his presence known down at the rally um i saw one but i was so busy stewarding and organizing and megaphoning that i was i was aware i was aware they were behind us that's why i kept on putting the siren on it was to it was to drown out their jeering mm -hmm. and I I didn't want the women to hear the jeering. So whenever you heard a siren, it was a, I'd put that on to to basically drown them out. So right we, on. 
so we could sing because they were they sounded angry and I I I I was at the rear anyway being an organizer and one of the stewards and it was it was t- very tense at the rear because <laughs> they were following right. they were following us with their police escort I think it's important to take note that the main demographic of the protesters that showed up is um female yeah. young young women because as a group statistically young women or women in general are not violent you know so i think that's really important to note i don't know if that would be the same demographic here in the us because um <clears throat> it'd be very fascinating i don't know how we would get this information to know how what percentage of the population is now identifying as a trans woman mm. because i see men in women's clothing <clears throat> and with their hair done and nails and whatnot around Madison, my place of residence more and more, especially like when you go out dancing, you know, yeah. and um, at night when they feel they've maybe had a couple drinks and they, they're feeling brave and courageous to come out, you know? Mm. And so here in America, we've got a little, I, I, there's a sinister element of real male supremacist, male violence yeah. to the trans well, what, movement. What happened at Lancaster, that was, clo- we were closed down by the el- adult males. The, they, they sent the pawns in. The pawns were the girls, the young children, because they know that we wouldn't be able to push them or if anything happened, they were all minors. We saw this happening. It's on video where the trans males are directing those children and even an organiser is celebrating the fact that we were so pinned down, we had to get out for our own safety. You are listening to WLRN. So in thinking about that, you know, here we are, we have our strategy and our tactics. They have their strategies and their tactics. And so do you think on purpose on September 7th, they sent in their pawns, the young women, and that the males were behind that, directing that? And, and for, if, if so, for what purpose? Why would they do it that way? Well, I don't know. As I say, I didn't see. I just heard the sounds of the. I didn't. Right, right. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't really watching them. I can comment on how they were on other events, but I, on the lesbian strength because I was so involved in the organising. You were in the sunshine. You were in the sunshine with your sisters. I was trying to keep my sister. <laughs> I, was, I was shepherding my sisters into the sun, into the light. Exactly. Behind me. Oh, it's so beautiful. So beautiful. I, I, I would have wanted to be in both places at once, just being the social budding social that I am, you know, I just, I, I'm fascinated by how these things are both flowing and accidental and also co-created and there's strategy involved. Um, yeah. And, you know, we want to outwit them, obviously. We want to be a couple moves ahead of their game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we were you know, organization on this, the organization for this lesbian strength was massive. It, 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 and so there was a lot of what when you say you had meetings once a week with the organizing team of about 10 women from across the country what did you talk about in those meetings and was there were there barriers in the meetings themselves or did that dynamic you know flow and there was 
you know, strength and solidarity amongst those 10 or yeah, was, you know. We had, we had strength and solidarity. We, we all wanted, we all want, were working to, for the right, for the same goal, which was to have a lot of lesbians walking through and marching through Leeds city centre saying we're lesbians, we're not queer and we're not going away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, bless your hearts and thank you for your work. It really made a big impact over here in America. And like I said, I don't know what our barriers are. I mean, there are many, uh, but I, 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 for one, am very inspired. I hope all of our listeners that are I'm listening to this who live, who live in the United States can hear that it is possible to overcome barriers. We have our own unique circumstances over here, but we can, we can you do can something do like can do it. You can, do, if I can do it, if we, you can do it. Right on. Right on. What, I mean, just off the top of your head, I know you're not from our country, but I'm thinking either New York City, San Francisco, or uh, Washington, D.C. I don't know. Leeds. Tell us a little bit about Leeds. How big is Leeds? What, what's the dominant sort of feeling of the town? Uh, it's an old market town, an old, it's a city. It's very, it's a very big city. It's a northern okay. city. Northwest. It's, uh, I had moved to Leeds in 1988. Leeds is in my heart. I love Leeds. Um, it has a very woke council, unfortunately. Leeds also has the shame of having the only legalized red light area in the country, which I am active in trying to change. Uh, people in Leeds are lovely. Okay. So, and, and certainly on September 7th, you were feeling the support of Leeds, your, your town, your city that you live in. The people in our city. And yes, the people, not the trans rights activists. Do the trans, there are trans rights activists who live in Leeds. Do they, yes. you know, do they threaten you directly in particular, personally at all? Well, they did at Leeds, uh, Leeds Pride, Pride protest. Yeah, we were threatened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you say we, I, I mean, like here in America, I've been individually targeted um, with my name in libel uh, print uh, publications in Madison newspapers, uh, things yeah. like that. It has, has anything like that happened to you in Leeds? Being... Uh, well, in terms of internet, I've been, I have my trolls. Okay, uh, on the internet you have your trolls, but I, maybe you heard about in Baltimore recently, Julia Beck was at a club, a nightclub with her girlfriend. Oh, and, and they were kissing and they, they were asked to go out. Then they were thrown out. Um, so yeah, that kind of thing something is happening... Okay, that happened at the National Theatre. That happened at the National Theatre with Julie, Dr. Julia Long and her right. friends. That's that, where they were refused drinks uh, to go because they were lesbians and wearing T-shirts. Right. So that kind of thing is happening. To I don't know how the trans activists 
decide which women they're. I mean, I do. Obviously, Megan Murphy is a huge target because yeah, she's a journalist she and she's very, you know, so she, her life has is not so private. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why she's a target. But, you know, I, I see Val- Venice Allen being a target um, mm-hmm. and uh, Julia Long. Yeah. And uh, we have those that that thing, that kind of thing happening here in America as well with mm-hmm. Nina Paley, myself, uh, Julia Beck, um, being well, publicly, publicly, publicly almost crucified, like publicly burnt at the stake, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. so, um, demonized. demonized, exactly demonized. And um, that is a really uh, hard aspect, I think, for me personally, in wanting to do organizing like what you just did mm-hmm. in Leeds. I actually was kicked out of a radical feminist group here in Madison because a couple of women in the group got paranoid about me and worried that associating with me would make the trans activists go after them, Yeah, you know, and they, and they, of course, put their fear onto me and and accused me. I mean, it it was, it was pretty brutal, Izzy. I'm just saying like, holy, holy shit. Some of the barriers that we have over here and me in particular, like I want to be an organizer, like what you just did. I want to be one of those 10 women, you know, just out of curiosity of those, are those women out those 10 women, do they use their real names and, and say things publicly or are, are some the of them anonymous? Yeah. In the main, yes. Some are anonymous because of their jobs and families, but in the, in the main, yes, I, I use a, a non guerre on Twitter, um, which is Bell Staffy. Um, but on my Facebook, it's my, my ordinary name. Right on Izzy. Thank you for doing that. And we, I, I want to encourage women to do that because they can't, Burn all of us at the stake. They can't. No. <laughs> it's just too much I'm on, energy. I'm on lots know? of lists. I'm, I'm blocked throughout. And I'm, I'm constantly being warned for hate speech. And I'm not a hateful person. because so I have a big online presence as well. So. Yeah. Would you. Getting back to the 10 organizers. Was venice allen on there or julia long or posey parker some of the big names in feminism in the uk no they weren't no okay i I, thank you for answering that it was all homegrown from leeds it started in leeds with leeds resistors they it, it was our idea and it bloomed and it flourished right on izzy it's just so grassroots you know what i mean I love yeah, that. It really is. I love really that. Is. No, we didn't have and any. We didn't have any any notoriety with us. We didn't have any well known women. I know Julia. I know Julia quite well. Um, we didn't have Julia down. Uh, she attended. She attend. She attended. Right on, as did Sheila Jeffries and Linda Bellows. Yes, exactly. I mean, it was. It was. You so wouldn't believe how that made that made some of us feel over here seeing pictures of them marching on the street, you know, because yeah. we've been looking up to them for years and years and yeah. and knowing that they have to sort of hide away and that they're being persecuted. Yeah. You know, well, they, they and, came to our march. <laughs> right. They did. And yeah. you know what? 
Sheila Jeffries came to our conference in Chicago a year and a couple months ago. WimCon, yeah. We had a lot of great feminists, you know, the big names, uh, Megan Murphy, Julie Bindle. It was an amazing conference. Um, And the only way we were able to do it was to, uh, you know, uh, organize in secret. (laughs) Yes, Secrecy was the hardest. The secrecy really was the hardest, keeping it all secret, because people knew, they knew the characters involved, they knew we were up to something, but they didn't know what it was. So keeping it secret for so long, because we kept it secret for months, was a huge feat. (laughs) It really was. Yeah. And then did the backlash start as soon as you came out and started publicizing? Yeah. Yeah. They just okay. They were just right there, ready, waiting yeah. to pounce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Those. You know. This is a really good conversation for me because I am a grassroots organizer. Before I was turfed and burnt at the stake in the public town square. Right. Um, I was. I used to be on committees of organizers organizing events. Um, that were really successful in the streets and that everybody could, you know, enjoy. I was doing it through the environmental movement um, primarily. But so it's just so hard on me as an organizer to know that that's maybe not the role that I can I can play. Um, yeah. But at least through media, I can promote that type of organizing. Exactly. We've all got something we can bring to the table. We've all got something we can do to help. Yeah. Whether it be skills, whether, you know, we have people tweeting it left, right and centre day and night, tweeting it and covering it on uh, Facebook. So it's that's what people brought to the table that we've all got something we could bring. If it if it doesn't, if it even if you can't do it in your own name because of safety issues. Right, exactly. So for all of you WLRN listeners out there. Uh, take heed. You have the tools that you need if you organize with your sisters, arm in arm, horizontal, you know, in an equal way like that. Conference calls once a week for for months, um, just talking. And, and those calls, it, it's like rather than seeing them as a, a hotbed of or, a, a, or grounds for like conflict and and petty fighting or whatever, it's more like let's see those calls as grounds for pleasure and building community and solidarity and sisterhood um and that it is possible we can do that we can do it did you hire a professional photographer to cover it no but we were really because basically it was in our plan that we would have women two three or four women with cameras videoing the whole thing videoing it for prosperity but also videoing it for our own safety we also had legal advisors there as well who were watching situations should they arise and be able to write professional evidence wow i yeah getting back getting back to the police i feel like that was key that was key to have the police on your side yeah, um, we, a lot of photographers, a lot of us had cam body cams as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. cam, but people, people had, uh, women had body cams. Yeah. 
Okay, well, our listeners are largely lesbians and radical feminists. Is there anything else you would like to share, Issy? Um, just, just do it. It needs to be done. We need to rise up. And we can build community and have fun in the process. It doesn't have to be just a bunch of fear-mongering no, conflict. No, that's the whole thing. That's what we didn't want. That's the whole thing of what we didn't want, and we didn't get it. Right. You were marching in the sunshine with your sisters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so lovely to meet you by Skype today, Izzy, and um, solidarity. Solidarity to you, sister. All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the interview I did with Issy Dickinson of Re Sisters and Get the L Out UK on September 18th, 2019. If you like what you're hearing and would like to support WLRN, please visit our WordPress site and click on the donate button. While you're there, check out all of the amazing interviews and podcasts we've done since our founding in May 2016. And now we even have a blogger. Check out the wonderful work of Danielle Whitaker on our WordPress site. We're a listener-sponsored feminist community radio station that relies on listeners like you to stay airborne. This is Thistle Patterson. Thank you for tuning in to WLRN.